So we have Israeli researchers bioengineering uteruses for transgender women, i.e. people who were born male but now have transitioned into being a woman. They're making uteruses for them so that they can have babies. Let's get into it. This is the last, this is the last, we're living in the last days. This is the last, this is the last, we're living in the last days. This is the last, this is the last, we're living in the last days. This is the last. Shalom, shalom, Mishpaka, my ox and the coatees. Welcome to another episode of Jacob's Seed Podcast. Like always, I am so thrilled that you have chosen to join me here on this podcast um, right now. Listen, this is what I want you to do. I want you to share this podcast with 10 people um, who you know who do not know about this podcast. If you don't know 10 people, share it with the one person that you do know. Um, Also, remember, whatever um, platform you're listening to this on, please subscribe. Please share this episode. Also, um, you can contact Jacob Seeds podcast on Instagram at Jacob Seed 12. Um, you can also um, contact me, Yermayahu, on Instagram at Yermayahu 15, as well as on Twitter at Yermayahu 15. Oh, yes. And um, there's a Facebook page for Jacob Seed podcast as well. Just go on Facebook and search Jacob Seeds podcast. So you heard me right. Israeli now. Israel, the state of Israel now, not the citizens, not us, the state of Israel, Israeli researchers are bioengineering uteruses so that transgenders can have babies. I'll say that again. Israeli researchers are bioengineering uteruses so that transgenders can have babies babies. If you don't believe me, as always, I prove all things. I have the article right here in my hand. Um, it is from Gay Star News. Now, before I read this, I'm not a subscriber to Gay Star News or any of that thing. I was actually, um, I went to Nashville and I was, I visited my elders there and one of the people that were up there had mentioned that they are, they're allowing men now to have babies. Now I've heard of this before and it's usually some transgender man, which that means that person was born a woman, but they now have transitioned into a man and they become pregnant. I remember they had this big old magazine about, Oh, the first pregnant man and blah, 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 blah. But really biologically that person was a woman. They were not a man. Um, and in God's eyes, they were still a woman. They were not a man. But now a person said, man, they're getting males. People who were born males are having the ability to become pregnant now. And I said, there's no way on Elohim's green earth that this could ever happen. And as I did my research, I was found to be absolutely wrong and this person was found to be absolutely right. So I just did a simple, I think a Google search and said, you know, gay men having babies or something like that. I don't remember the exact search I did, but but what came up was gaystarnews.com. The article is entitled, and I'm going to read you the whole article because it's not a long article. It's entitled, Israeli Researchers Engineer Model of Receptive Human Uterus. Uh, uh, they have a lot of, uh, technical scientific, uh, scientific, and, uh, medical names for a lot of stuff in here that I'm not going to be able to pronounce, but I'm gonna try my best to do it. Uh, but here goes the article. It says researchers with Tel Aviv university in Israel say they have engineered a receptive human uterus. They hope embryos will implant and grow on the bioengineered uterine wall. The team of bioengineers and geneticists uh, 
gynecologist, I'm sorry, bioengineered cells to create a model of the uterine wall. If they are successful at getting embryos to implant and grow there, this could be a big step toward growing embryos in an artificial made biological womb. Quote, we are able to develop a tissue engineered model of the human uterine wall, Professor David Eli told the Times of Israel. The next step is to study how the embryos can implant into this wall, end quote. This technology has the potential to replace the artificial environments of petri dish and incubator when it comes to in vitro fertilization. Developing the biological environment is expected to produce better results for embryo growth and survival, according to Elod. Elod worked with with Professor Dan Grishaw, director of the Gynecological Oncology Unit, and Professor Ariel Jaffa, former head of ultrasound of optrics and and gynecology at the Les Les Monterey and Women's Hospital at the Tel Aviv Soski Medical Center. Elod and Jaffa have collaborated on receptive bioengineering for over 25 years, even working with other researchers in Europe and the United States. According to the Times of Israel, Jaffa and Eli took um, endometrial and smooth muscle cells from the uterus and cold cultured them in layers in the lab, subjecting them as well to hormonal manipulation. Quote, through their engineering for sales, they managed to create a model that represents a receptive uterus. This will be able to, in theory, be a fertile ground for a newly fertilized egg to implant and develop, end quote. The team has sent off their researchers to medical and scientific journals for review. Quote, you cannot do studies with the human uterus during pregnancy because of ethical and technical limitations. and Animal studies are not representat- uh, representative, Elad said. Having a biological artificial uterus, a tissue-engineered biological model, will help us increase the knowledge on how early human life happens and how to improve the chances of women women getting pregnant. Now, here's where everything goes left field. Additionally, additionally, this technology has the potential to be a game-changer for transgender women looking to reproduce. At this time of the year, a woman in Brazil successfully delivered a baby thanks to a uterus transplant. The baby girl was conceived through IVH, IVF, uh, in vitro fertilization, and was gasted at a uterus donated by a deceased 45-year-old. Quote, by making pregnancy potentially available to trans women and even to cis men with hormonal treatments, uterus transplants could challenge social norms and preconceptions, just as in vitro fertilization has done by creating new family structures, writes Philip Ball in The Guardian. Back in 2017, Dr. Richard Paulson of the American Society for Reproductive Medicine said there is no anonymical reason why a uterus couldn't be transplanted into a transgender's body. Quote, you could do it tomorrow, he said. There would be additional changes, but I don't see any obvious problem that would preclude it. I personally suspect that there are going to be trans women who are going to want to have a uterus and will likely get the transplant in quote. Wow, that is a lot to dissect. So before I even get into all of this, uh, let me pause for a second so we can hear some words from my sponsors. Shalom, family. I know y'all love listening to podcasts. Why? Because you're listening to Jacob Seed right now. And one of the best ways to listen to this podcast and many more is through Stitcher Radio, specifically their premium plan. Why, you ask? Check this out. With Stitcher Premium, you can listen to some of your favorite shows ad-free, like Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, My Favorite Murderer, Wolverine the Lost Trial, and of course, Jacob Seed Podcast. Plus, get access to Stitcher Originals, bonus episodes, comedy albums, and more. Only $4.99 a month or $34.99 a year. Go to stitcher.com slash premium to sign up today. Use promo code Jacob. That's promo code Jacob. 
J-A-C-O-B for one month free on your monthly plan. Shalom, family. So, family, as I have previously said, your ears have not deceived you. Israeli researchers are really at this point designing a uterus that can be fitted into a man so that 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 man, that person with testes, born with testes, will now be able to birth a child through a a bioengineered uterus. If we are not in the last days, I do not know where we are. Now, in this country, in the United States of America, there have been tremendous, and I say tremendous not as a good thing, but as tremendous as huge. There have been huge strides to advance, promote, and to protect the LGBTQ community, meaning that there's been a lot of money, there's been a lot of government backing, there's been a lot of private and community backing to push this idea that being homosexual, being bisexual, being transgender, uh, being, now they got this stuff, pansexual and all this other stuff, being something outside of what the Most High has called us to be, one man with one woman, they are pushing this agenda that is against the Most High's original agenda. As we know in Genesis, the Most High's original plan was that one man be married to one woman, um, and when that happens, they are to have children to reproduce and to be fruitful in this land and to worship him and worship him only. But from the time of Adam up until the time of Noah, we see that wickedness prevailed on the earth. Thus, the Most High had to destroy the earth and create a whole new race through Noah. How do we know this? Um, The same, well, before we even get into that, the same will happen when the Son of Man, Yahushua, comes back to save his people. How do we know? You can go to Matthew verse chapter 24, verses 36 through 38, or we could say 36 through 39. Matthew 24, 36 through 39 reads, But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. These folks was having a good old time doing evil stuff in the time of Noah, and they saw their evil as good. They saw the advancement of, the promotion of, and the protection of their evilness as something good. They did not see their destruction coming. Family, we are in the same time right now. Now, I can't predict the time when the Most High is going to send his son back to save us all. I'm not even going to get into any of that because even he said he doesn't know, but only his father only. But be watchful of the times. Beloved, we we, we begin talking about, um, and I'm not talking about this particular podcast, but I'm just saying in time in general, we were afraid that, you know, two men having a relationship would damage the fabric of the family, which it has. But now we're in a whole nother stratosphere where they're talking about men being able to give birth to children. If that's not something vile, disgusting, and evil, according to the scriptures, I don't know what it is. 
I don't know what it is. I'm almost at a loss for words. And I would pray that the people of Israel listen to this. And even if you're not a person of Israel, that you would be at a loss of words as well. Because this is not the plan that the Most High has had for mankind. His plan is that a man enters a woman, the woman incubates the child, the child is birthed through the woman, and so on and so forth, and it continues over and over and over and over and over again. But we're living in an age now where the creation wants to become the creator. And we no longer hearken to the words of the Most High because we believe ourselves to be Most Highs, to be gods on this earth. Now, I know the scripture talks about us being gods, but that's that's pertaining more to judges. But we have these chemists and geneticists and uh, 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 bioengineers and researchers doing the work of the Most High creating, killing, transforming in ways that the Most High has never called us to do. And I believe, according to the scriptures, as in the same time as the scriptures, that they're getting information from some fallen angels. They are being privy to information and they are tapping into spiritual realms that they have no business going into. And it's going to cause the destruction of mankind. It's going to cause the destruction of mankind. Uh, I, I've been uh, dabbling into the, the works of Flavius Josephus, uh, who by all accounts is, is a traitor to his own people, but he is he, he, he's a Hebrew, but he took on the name of a Greek, of a Roman, so that he could fit in. Uh, he accomplished his assimilation, but at the same time, uh, the fact that he's a traitor to his own people does not negate the fact that he was a great scribe and took down great notes and was a great historian. All right. So let's, I have the, I have the complete works of Josephus right here in front of me. So let's go to Josephus and let's see what he says was going on in the time of Noah, because we always talk about the time of Noah. So what exactly was going on in the time of Noah? This is uh, the complete works of Josephus, the antiquity of the Jews, chapter three, verse one and two. And it reads, now this posterity of Seth continued to esteem God as the master of the universe and to have an entire regard to virtue for seven generations. But in process of time, they were perverted and forsook the practices of their forefathers and did neither pay those honors to God which were appointed to them, nor had they any concern to do justice toward men. But for what degree of zeal they had formerly shown for virtue, they now showed for their actions a double degree of wickedness, whereby they made God to be their enemy. This is talking about the generation between Seth and Noah. For many angels of God kept company with women and beget sons that proved unjust and despisers of all that was good on account of the confidence they had in their own strength. For the tradition is that these men did what resembled the acts of those whom the Grecians called giants. But Noah was very uneasy at what they did, and being displeased at their conduct, persuaded them to change their dispositions and their acts for the better. But seeing that they did not yield to him, but were slaves to their wicked pleasures, he was afraid they would kill him together with his wife and children and those they had married. So he departed out of that land. Now God loved this man for his righteousness, 
yet he not only condemned those other men for their wickedness, but determined to destroy the whole race of mankind and to make another race that should be pure from wickedness and cutting short their lives and making their years not so many as they formerly lived. But 120 only, he turned the dry land in the sea, and thus were all these men destroyed. But Noah alone was saved, for God suggested to him the following uh, contrivance and the way of escape, that he should make an ark of four stories high, 300 cubits long, 50 cubits broad, and 30 cubits high. And then we know the rest of that story. Um, we can find that in, in Genesis. So in Josephus' account, he says that um, Seth had seven generations of people who were good. And somewhere along the line, they perverted, they became perverted and forsook the practices of their forefathers. They didn't honor God, uh, but they made God their enemy. Not only did they make God their enemy, but they trusted in their own strength. Doesn't that sound a lot like what's going on today, my brothers and my sisters? Not too many people on this earth regard the Most High as supreme and the only voice of reason. The one and only true God. They, they think his law, statutes, and commandments are a joke because they don't regard them. Some of even some of these religions say that his law, statutes, commandments are done away with. They have become enemies of the Most High because not only do they reject his words, but they seek to become Elohims in their own right. They seek to erect their own kingdoms and become their own kings, become their own queens, set up their own governments, and do what they see is right to do. They do not regard his words as true. They do not regard his word as holy. And they have become enemies of the Most High, and they have made an enemy themselves to the Most High. Meaning the Most High, they're enemies to the Most High. The Most High see them as their enemy, as his enemies. And they see the Most High as an enemy of theirs because what he has established is a stark contrast to what they're trying to accomplish. What the Most High has established through his laws, statutes, and commandments is a stark contrast to what these people have established or trying to establish in their own strength, i.e. making uteruses for transgender women allowing homosexuals to marry, um, blinking a eye at slaves and sex trafficking, at pedophilia. All this stuff is going on around us, my brothers and my sisters. And yet, and I won't say all of us, not all of us, but a lot of us, instead of praying, fasting, crying out, asking the Most High to judge these nations and to cut off wickedness and to bring his son back speedily, soon, and in our time, we're bickering over small stuff. We're bickering over pronunciations of names. We're bickering over what camp or uh, assembly that you should be a part of. We're bickering over whether or not you should uh, stay in the city or build a farm. We're bickering over some dumb stuff when all this wickedness is surrounded about us. We need to gird up our strength in prayer and fasting and begin to cry out to the Most High that he cuts off the hand of the wicked, just like David said in Psalms chapter seven. Listen, David didn't mince words. David did not mince words. Uh, he was not a friend to his enemies, nor was he a lover of wickedness. And we should take the same spirit that our King David had, and we should call out what is wicked, what is evil, what is vile, what is disgusting, and everything that sets itself up as, as being anti against the law, statutes, commandments, and the words of the Most High 
and his son, Yeshua. And we should call those things in those things that are in darkness into light and to begin to speak against those things in our prayers, in our camps and in our assemblies. We cannot fall for these distractions that these nations are sending to us, whether it be Donald Trump, whether it be uh, the stuff that's going on in Syria, whether it be uh, uh, the news of uh, uh, Nike CEO this or um, Under Armour CEO that, uh, what's going on in sports and all these th- all those things. Now, some of these things do impact us as so-called uh, African-Americans, um, the Israelite community. Some of this stuff does impact us. So I'm not saying completely ignore what's going on, but I'm saying dig a little deeper and see that some of these things are just distractions. We see, if you turn on the TV and look at the news, you're going to hear more about Donald Trump and LeBron James than you are about the plagues that's going on in the Middle East, about the wildfires that were going on in Siberia and Alaska. Yes, Siberia and Alaska were on fire this year. And and I bet none of you heard, most of us have not heard about them bioengineering uteruses so that transgender women, men, can have babies. That's some crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. This is why the Most High has told us not to mimic these other nations. Do not mimic these other nations. Let's go to scripture, y'all. Let's go to scripture. We're going to talk about (laughs) the reason why we shouldn't mimic these other nations, right? And then I'm going to break it down because some of us say, oh, well, you know, homosexuality and all this other stuff is a part of the so-called African-American community and we should embrace it and we should accept it as a lie. I'm going to expose that lie right here on Jacob C podcast. First, let's go to Jeremiah. I'm prove everything through scripture. I'm not going to be too much longer. At least I hope I'm not going to be too much longer on this subject. Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 2. And this goes into into some more stuff as well um, about the so-called Christmas celebration, all this, but we don't get into all that. Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 2 says, actually start at verse 1. It says, hear ye the word which Yahuwah spaketh unto you, O house of Israel. Thus saith Yahuwah, learn not the way of the heathen and be not dismayed at the signs of heaven. For the heavens are, dis- for the heathen are dismayed at them. Learn not the way of the heathen and be not dismayed at the signs of heaven. For the heathen are dismayed at them. So number one, so so in 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 the latter it says, you know, don't worry about what's going on in the heavens. Storms and uh thunder and and lightning and tornadoes and um what we think is going to come out of the heavens one day. They've made a lot of movies about that, you see, uh, you know, aliens coming out from from the sky and 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 mankind overtaking these uh aliens that come from the sky. And we know that when the most high comes back, it ain't gonna happen that way because he's gonna destroy them all. It says that there's gonna be blood up to the bridle of a horse. And if you ever ridden a horse or stood next to a horse, uh that's that's a lot, that's 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 a lot of bloodshed. But in the former, it says Learn not the way of the heathen. Well, who's the heathen? You look up the word the heathen in the uh, in the Hebrew, and the heathen means the other nations, Gentiles. Do not learn their ways. Also, you can go to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 31. Let's go there. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 31. If I can get there, hold on. It reads, envy not the oppressor and choose none of his ways. Why is this important? Envy not your oppressor and choose none of his ways. Choose none of whose ways? Your oppressor's ways. So who has oppressed the so-called African-American on this continent? For decades upon decades upon decades upon decades, that would be the so-called white man, the Caucasian race. They have oppressed us 
over and over and over again. Now, if you're on this podcast and you listen and it makes you uneasy, I'm sorry, but this podcast is about truth. And the truth is that the Caucasian race has oppressed and is oppressing the so-called African-American race till this very day. When you can drive up to a 12-year-old boy and gun him down in a park, when you can shoot a 15-year-old a in the back, when you can shoot a, a African-American woman through the window, when these cops can just kill us at will, when these education systems can disregard our children, and when these government systems set up programs for us to fail, that's called oppression. And it's led by the Caucasian race, particularly the white male. And I'll prove this also, that even this, this movement of homosexuality, transgender, and all this LGBTQ, ABCDEFG stuff is started, promoted, protected, and funded by white men. I'm going to prove that in a second. Let's continue in the scriptures. 1 Thessalonians 5, 20 through 22. 1 Thessalonians 5, 20 through 22. It reads, Despise not prophesying. Prove all things and hold fast that which is good. Abstain from all appearance of evil. So we know according to Psalms 119 that his law is good, right? So it says, prove all things and hold fast to which is good. So his law is good. Even Paul says his law is good and it's perfect. So let's hold fast to the law, statutes, commandments of the Most High and to his son Yeshua. And it says, abstain from all appearances of evil. That's what I'm about to do. I'm going to look up. I, I, didn't, I didn't plan to do this, but I want to look up that word evil in the Strong's Dictionary. Now, some say, you know, some people have their their whatever about the Strong's, but that's that's the quickest thing I can do. I do have a um, a Hebrew lexicon for all the scriptures, but that means I would have to actually get up and run and go get it. But I have my phone right here in my hand, and we're going to go to what I say, 1 Thessalonians 5, starting at verse 20. It says, prove all things, hold fast to which is good, abstain from the appearance of evil. That's verse 22. So abstain from the appearance of evil. Uh, now that Greek word is panerius. The definition is from a derivative of uh, hurtful, that is evil. Property, pro um, properly in effect or influence, and thus differing, which refers rather to essential characters as well as which indicates um, um, a, a, a shift from original virtue. So you remember that when we read in Josephus accounts that uh, those people shifted from their original virtue, their good virtue, and then they shifted into a bunch of wickedness. Um, so this is the same, it says mischief or malice, uh, guilt, um, it says the devil, it says sinners, uh, bad, evil, grievous, harm, lewd, malicious, wicked. And it's funny that it has the word sinners in there because we know sin is transgression of the law. So anything that is built contrary to the Most High's original plan is sin. So putting a uterus in a man is definitely sin because that's not God's original plan. That is against his laws. That is, ladies and gentlemen, evil. Let's go to Deuteronomy 12. I want to get through these, these, these verses so I can prove some things to you. But these verses are important because we ought to be able to prove all things through the scriptures. Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 29 and 32. Verses 29 through 32, I'm sorry. It says, When Yahuwah thy Elohim shall cut off the nations before thee, whether thy go possess them, and thou succeedeth them, and dwelleth in their land, take heed thy, to thyself that thou be not snared by following them after they be destroyed before thee, and that thou inquire not after thy gods, 
saying, how did these nations serve their gods? So this is just another example how we're not to follow after the other nations. We are not to inquire about how they worshiped their other gods because he has already given instruction to us how we ought to worship our Elohim, which is the Most High, Yahuwah. Let's go to, let's go to Leviticus chapter 20. Leviticus chapter 20. I have, I have a few more verses. I have a few more uh, uh, scripture verses after this. Leviticus chapter 20, verses 22 and 23. It says, Ye shall therefore keep all my statutes and all my judgments and do them, that the land whether I bring you to dwell therein spew you not out. And ye shall not walk in the manner of the nations which I cast out before you, for they committed all these things, and therefore I abhorred them. Abhorred is another word for hate. We should not do after the other nations because the Most High hated them, is what he's saying. If you even read Second Edris, he says that the other nations are spittle unto him because they do wickedness. They do wicked things at all times. They're wicked. I want that to sink in to y'all. We should not be learning from these other nations because they're wicked. And if we start learning from these other nations, we'll get comfortable with their wickedness and we'll start calling their wicked good and our good wicked. Oh, my, my, my. We will start calling their wicked good and our good, which was given to us, wicked. Let's go to Exodus. Um, actually, let's, let's, let's go to um, Ephesians. Ephesians 5.11. We're going, we're going to end that scripture right there. Ephesians 5.11. See, let me get there. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 11. And it says, And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of these things, which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by light, for whatever so doeth make manifest in light. So what that is saying is don't even speak of this. Don't do not fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. Have no fellowship with darkness. But it is a shame to speak of these things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by light. So it's telling us don't have fellowship with darkness. Expose darkness. Ladies and gentlemen, outside of, of giving uh, my Israelite brothers and sisters some uplifting content, um, some encouraging words on this podcast as well, and, and looking at different things through sports and through politics and through just current events that would impact us, uh, my goal on this podcast as well is to expose some things in darkness. One of, one of my, my longest uh, uh, models that I live by is, is light, up the, light up the darkness and change the world. Because that's what we've been called to do, ladies and gentlemen. We've been called to be righteous priests to the nations, a light to the world, an assault to the earth. Let me pause for one more sponsored break, and I will get into how the white man was the progenitor and the start of all this LGBTQ foolishness. All right, family, so we're back, and I just want to look at the timeline, <clears throat> the timeline of um, same-sex marriage, and it's really the fight for same-sex marriage that really got this LGBTQ, all these, you know, alphabets rolling. So at least in the United States of America, it started in the 1970s, right? So the biggest case, 1970s, on May 18th, 1970, Richard John Baker, a University of Minnesota law student, and James Michael McConnell applied to Hempen County District Court Clerk Gerald Nelson for a marriage license. Nelson denied the application because the applicants were both men. Baker and McDonald sued Nelson, claiming Minnesota law on marriage made no mention of gender. The trial court was not persuaded, agreeing with Nelson. On appeal, the Minnesota Supreme Court upheld the lower court. So you have everything from between 1970 all the way to somewhere in the 2000s. Let's see here. 
is somewhere in the 2000s. It's 2004. So from 1970 to 2004, white men, it was starting with white men, funded, protected, and pushed this agenda of homosexuality onto this nation of America, of United States, who uh, previously uh, even signed a bill through President, uh, President Clinton that said marriage is between one man and one woman. I believe it was the Defense of Marriage Act. One, a marriage is between one man and one woman. That was in the 90s. So in the 70s, these white men were fighting for their right to marry uh, two men to marry one another. When we know in Leviticus chapter 18, it tells us that a man should not lay down with a man as he does a woman. And the connotation is the same, that a, a woman should not lay down as the same with a man. And also in Leviticus, it says that a man shall not wear what pertaineth to a woman. A woman shall not wear what pertaineth to a man. And if you do the if you do the word study on that, so I know a lot of us bicker back and forth should men or should a woman wear pants and all that stuff. And you know, of course, women men shouldn't wear dresses and stuff. But uh, it's funny how when you do the the Hebrew a word study on that, and when it talks about what pertaineth to a woman or what pertaineth to a man, the translator in uh, the King James version was being very conservative. Now, if you go back a few hundred years ago, when when he said, when the translators say pertaineth to a man, they would have known exactly what they were talking about. So it's saying that a woman should not have what pertaineth to a man. He was talking about a man's uh, reproductive area. So a so so the connotation is you should not, a man should not be becoming a woman and a woman should not be becoming a man. And we see that in our society with homosexuality, with transgenderism, with pansexualism, with all this other sexual stuff that the Most High has not approved. So from the 1970s all the way to 2003, there was this huge fight. 2004, they got their way. Same-sex marriage becomes legal in the United States of America on May 17, 2004, in the state of Massachusetts, which is the first state to legalize same-sex marriage. And you fast forward all the way to uh, May 17th, um, 2008. Uh, this is uh, Barack Obama. It says under Barack Obama, the Supreme Court of the United States of California legalizes same-sex marriage. Uh, let me see here. The date. Is it 2002? No, it's not 2002. I don't remember the exact date. I want to say maybe in the maybe in 2014 or something like that. Let's see. I'm trying. I try, I'm trying to find it because I just want to get. I want to get in you guys' head. Um, this timeline. This timeline. Oh, here it goes. 2015. June 20. June 26th. 2015, same-sex marriage become legal in the United States of America as a result of a Supreme Court ruling. Marriages started immediately, except in Louisiana and Mississippi. So that's when we see those. Uh, so these two gay women, uh, white women, um, went to the Supreme Court and said, "There's no reason why we shouldn't be able to be married." And the Supreme the Supreme Court upheld that ruling um, and allowed same-sex marriage to begin on June. Um, 26, 2015. And we look at it and say, oh, look at these white women. See, it's not even white men. But but remember um, the origin of first mention. It was white men and white women uh, who started this. So the white men, and that goes back to uh, Proverbs. It says, do not envy your oppressors or choose any of their ways. Homosexuality is the way of our oppressor going all the way back to uh, the times of, of the Greeks. And remember, the Greeks were our oppressors as well. They're the ones who defamed our temple and the Maccabees had to come and kick them out of our temple and they rededicated the temple to the Most High. And that's why we have the dedication of lights or um, the celebration of Hanukkah due to what they did for us um, uh, because of what the Greeks, the Greeks had even made anything that was Hebrew illegal. If you read the... Uh, I forgot what it's called, man. I believe it's called the the right of Constantinople or something like that. Uh, but it's pretty much the the Roman Catholic Church doing the same thing, saying that anything Hebrew is illegal. We renounce it all. We renounce it all. 
Um, so the, the Greeks did it. The Romans did it. The Roman Catholic Church did it. Now the United States of America is doing it. Christianity is embracing it. And we notice through all these religions, Greeks, Romans, Catholics, Christians, they all reject the Most High. His laws, statutes, commandments, and even some of them his son. And then we're surprised when they're out here doing all this vile, disgusting, evil stuff. Whether it's pedophilia, whether it's homosexuality, whether it's bioengineering uteruses so that men can have babies. It's vile and disgusting. And check this out. They're going to say, oh, well, um, you should be tolerant. You should be tolerant of what we're doing. Let me give you the definition of tolerant because it's, it's funny how they preach tolerance themselves, but they themselves are not tolerant. Here's the Webster's definition of tolerance. It says a fair, objective, and permissive attitude toward those whose opinions, beliefs, and practices, racial or ethnic origins differ from one's own. It says, a, uh, number two, it says, a fair, objective, and permissive attitude toward op opinions, beliefs, and practices that differ from one's own. Interest in and concern for ideas, opinions, practices foreign to one's own. A liberal, undogmatic viewpoint. So, tolerance says that we should have an objective opinion toward, uh, toward beliefs and practices that differ from our own. If you think anybody on this earth is tolerant based on that definition, I'm sorry, you are extremely naive. Even those, even those who are pumping their fists and touting about tolerance, their action of fighting for tolerance in and of itself is intolerance. So the LGBTQ community is very intolerant of the Hebrew Israelite community because of our beliefs. So if we have to accept their beliefs, why don't they accept our beliefs? But listen to this, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters. We are not to be tolerant. The Most High did not tell us to be tolerant. He actually told us the opposite. Do not learn from them. Do not choose their ways. Only follow Yahuwah and the laws, statutes, commandments that he gave us. And follow the and follow the teachings of his son Yahushua, Hamashiach, our deliverer. We are taught in the scriptures to be the opposite of tolerant. Because if tolerance were true in the scriptures, he would have not told Moses to kill all those folks who were worshiping the false god at the bottom of the mountain. If we were taught to be tolerant in the scriptures, God would have not punished the nations in Canaan, which we were going into and driving them out. If we were taught to be tolerant when we did copy off of those nations and give our children over to Molech and to Baal, he wouldn't have punished us. If we were taught to be tolerant, Yeshua himself would have not said, I've not come to abolish the laws and the prophets, but to fulfill them. We have to be very careful, my brothers and sisters. See, see this, this, this idea of homosexuality, the, this idea of pedophilia, this idea of the LGBTQ stuff and all other sorts of manner of evil has crept into the so-called African-American community uh, uh, in droves and in volumes that has never been in. Even stuff that has nothing to do with LGBTQ, uh, 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 um, Gnosticism and uh, atheism and all this stuff has crept into our community that was not so just 50 years ago. We have to wake up, ladies and gentlemen. Quit this bickering and arguing over stupid, dumb, small stuff that's not going to matter in the heavens. It doesn't matter in the Shamayim. We have to open our eyes, realize that we have an enemy. Is an enemy set up as the spirit of the Antichrist? And it is the, in the heart of all these other nations. And these nations, according to Psalms 83, at some point will become a confederate against us if they're not already done so 
and try to destroy us. We need to wake up. We need to be teaching our children. Some of this stuff has crept into our educational systems. And a lot of us are worried about, oh, well, should I homeschool my child or whatever? If you, if you feel like you need to homeschool your child, you do that. But I'll say this, even in homeschooling, because my kids go to public school, they're not going to be homeschooled. Um, it's not that I don't believe in homeschooling. I just believe this. I want to expose my kids to these nations so that they can clearly see them in Scripture and what they're doing. So the Scriptures can, can come, become real to them. They can see the evil and the, and the disgustingness and the, and, the, and the vile things that they're doing and that they're teaching. So they, they themselves can combat these things with the Scriptures and even teach their friends the same. So my brothers and my sisters, we are living in the last days, times of Noah, some crazy stuff going on. But do not be dismayed. Do not be afraid. For we know that Yahuwah and his son are for us and not against us. And I would say do not be tolerant of these other viewpoints and all this other stuff. We're, we're not told to be tolerant. We're told to be obedient to the Most High. And that's what we're going to do. So stay strong, stay in the fight, strive to stay on the narrow road that few will find and run, run from the broad road that many will find and lead to destruction. I love y'all. Continue praying for me as I pray for y'all. Um, pray for the nation of Israel um, and some of us are caught up in this crazy stuff, but remember to pray for them that they may see the light and that they may come into the truth. And as always, seek truth, live it out, inform others. I love y'all. Shalom. This is the last, this is the last, we're living in the last day. This is the last, this is the last, we're living in the last days. This is the last, this is the last, we're living in the last.